Are you ready to serve the Lord when called upon by the Holy Spirit? Interesting question, to be sure. But how can you be sure the request is truly from the Lord? This is the topic of Dr. Charles E. Fuller's message today, and you will learn the answers to those questions on this edition of the Old Fashioned Revival Hour. Christian Heritage Ministry, in cooperation with Fuller Seminary, proudly presents the Old Fashioned Revival Hour, an international broadcast of the gospel presented by Dr. Charles E. Fuller. Welcome to the Old Fashioned Revival Hour. Dr. Fuller's message today is the tenth in a series of messages taken from the book of Acts. The message for today is titled, Philip and the Ethiopian. The text Dr. Fuller will be using is found in the book of Acts chapter 8, verses 26 to 40. He is examining an issue that puzzles many people. They wonder if God really answers their prayers. They might even wonder why God doesn't solve their problems immediately. All good questions. Dr. Fuller is going to address these and other questions today, so don't move that dial. I'll return after Dr. Fuller's message to give you information on resources that are available from this ministry. But before we hear his message, we'll begin today by listening to the choir and quartet sing the beautiful gospel music the old-fashioned revival hour is known for. Hallelujah, hallelujah, 
sin, praise Him, Jesus, our blessed Redeemer. Sing, O earth, His wonderful love proclaim. Hail Him, hail Him, highest archangels in glory. Strength and honor, give to His holy name. Like a shepherd, Jesus will guard His children. In His arms, He carries them all day long. Praise Him, praise Him, tell of His excellent greatness. Praise Him, praise Him, ever in joyful song. Praise Him, praise Him, Jesus our blessed Redeemer. Heavenly portals, love with Hosanna's ring. Jesus, Savior, reigneth forever and ever. From Him, from Him, prophet and priest and king. Christ is coming, over the world victorious, power and glory unto the Lord belong. Praise Him, praise Him, tell of His excellent greatness, praise Him, praise Him, ever in joyful Old-fashioned revival hour would be complete without at least having one verse of heavenly sunshine as you sing through the first time. Turn around and shake hands with so many. About 75% of the audience here every Sunday are first-timers. We're awfully mighty glad to have you with us, but we want you to become acquainted with the second and third-timers. And so everybody give as many as possible a good handshake while you're singing Heavenly Sunshine. All together, Heavenly Happy to have so many of the servicemen here at the broadcast of the Old Fashioned Revival Hour. Just this short word of announcement. We ask you for special prayer on behalf of the Old Fashioned Revival Hour. This is a faith work, and we trust that your station will continue to carry this blessed hour from Sunday to Sunday. Our mailing address is... Old Fashioned Revival Hour, 700 Locust Street, Pasadena, California, 91101. Oh, God. 
With all my heart I say, I know my sins are gone. They're underneath the blood on the cross of Calvary, as far removed as darkness is from dawn. In the sea of God's forgetfulness, that's good enough for me. Praise God, my sins are gone. And now... Grandmother, I'm so glad you survived the week. All right. Go right ahead with the letter. Oh, dear, I never know what to expect. I don't either, <laughs> But so. it's all right. That's life, isn't it? <laughs> oh, dear. Well, greetings, friends. I have some good letters for you today. Dear Reverend Fuller, for ten years I have put off writing to you, and now I must tell you what God has done for me. One Sunday evening ten years ago, this is a lady writing, I sat alone in the twilight in my living room, desperate, at my wit's end. I was a lost, condemned sinner, my marriage a failure, my husband an alcoholic, my wonderful boy, five years old, about to come into the chaos of a broken home. My whole world had crashed about me because I had put my trust in man and had left God out. There in the growing dusk, I heard your sermon, and it seemed that God was speaking directly to me. At the end, I raised my hand, and I went to my knees, burdened with the weight of my sins. I tell you, Reverend Fuller, in thirty years you can pile up an awful load of sin. And when God shows it to you, and you see it from his standpoint, how sickening it can be. It got me down, and I mean down. Mercy was what I needed, the grace that would wipe out that load of sin. I knew nothing that I could do could ever cover it. I needed a Savior. And your voice was kind and full of love for a sinner. And you said, just kneel and seek his mercy. Take him at his word. Only trust him. But I humbled myself before God in my great need, and I cried out for mercy and forgiveness. And he reached down from heaven and lifted that load of sin and wiped the slate clean. It was wonderful. And then followed the opening of the word to me as living water to my thirsty soul. And for ten years he has kept me, enriching my life daily with his unsearchable riches his peace, and his song in my heart. Oh, may God continue to bless your ministry, Dr. Fuller. Isn't that a beautiful letter? That lady has a wonderful way of expressing herself of the, what she has in her heart. And this last letter comes from Montana, a rather unusual letter. Dear Dr. Fuller, this evening I attended a meeting at our little Bible church, and I heard a young man preach. He had spent most of the time in the underground during the last world war, and he knows what hunger is and suffering and deprivation. Yet, he said, it was there that he became a Christian. Well, in his message this evening, he asked this question. How many of you listen to Dr. Charles E. Fuller on the radio? Well, many hands were raised in the audience. Next, he asked, how many of you enjoy listening to the broadcast? And again, many hands were raised. And next he asked, well, how many of you have written to Dr. Fuller to tell him that you appreciate his messages, which he has so faithfully given out over the air for so many years? Well, very few hands came up, if any. 
Then he asked, well, why don't you write him if you have neglected to do so? Well, the regular minister got up and he said, well, I'm going to make a confession, and I'm ashamed of it. My wife and I have listened to the old-fashioned revival hour over 15 years, maybe close to 20, and have never written to Dr. Fuller to encourage him in any way or to help in any way. We've talked about it, but never once have we written. Well, many more of us could have made that same confession. Please forgive us, Dr. Fuller. We, your radio audience, do love you and do pray for you and should not only write but assist in the support. It does our hearts good to hear you say in your kind voice, Yes, sailor boy, I see your hand. Yes, soldier, I see you in the balcony or to the left. God bless you. Well, God help you to reach our boys, our precious boys, giving their all in sacrifice. God knows the temptations and the pitfalls, too, and the sufferings and the longings in hearts today. I hope many more shall be reminded of our neglect, as our little congregation was this evening. And that is all I shall have time for today, friends.
May we stand and sing the first and second verses of number 113, At the Cross. Remain standing for prayer, please. Glad to see so many of you here today at the broadcast of the Old Fashioned Revival. Are all together on the first verse. All asking Ken Brown, baritone on the quartet, to lead us to the throne of grace. Ken. Our Father, we're thanking thee again through the Lord Jesus Christ that we have access unto the throne of grace by thy precious blood. And once again we come, Father, with hearts full of love and appreciation for what thou hast done for us, that thou hast taken care of us all the way through life and hast guided us to the place where we have received thee the reconciliation for our sins. Now, Father, we're asking thee this day that thou wouldst look upon the United States and its government, that righteousness may prevail in this land of ours. We pray, Father, for the pastors out across the nation and around the world and the missionaries who are standing fast and preaching the gospel. Oh, Father, wilt thou bless them and empower them that they may send forth a clear witness of thy dying love and grace to mankind. Father, we pray again for the old-fashioned revival hour and where it goes into the hearts and homes of people, where there is sickness and where there is trouble. We ask thee to soothe their troubles and to calm them by the word that thou hast given us in thy scriptures. Now, Father, bless Dr. Fuller as he preaches this word today. May the word ring around the world as the good news of the glad tidings of thy love. And we'll give thee all the thanks for Jesus' blessed name. Amen. Father 
been listening to the Old Fashioned Revival Hour with Dr. Charles E. Fuller. I'll provide additional information after Dr. Fuller concludes his message, Philip and the Ethiopian. Open your Bibles to the book of Acts found in the New Testament of your Bible, chapter 8, verses 26 to 40, as we rejoin the broadcast. and turn to the 8th chapter of the book of Acts, beginning at verse 26, speaking upon Philip and the Ethiopian. Our earnest prayer is that the Holy Spirit may take the things of Christ and reveal them unto us, and that you who are in darkness under the load of sin and condemnation may see Jesus, the light of the world, and leave not only this auditorium, but in your homes, wherever you may be, become new creations in Christ Jesus through the redemption that we have in him. In Acts 8, 26 to 40, we have the sacred account of the conversion of a citizen from the land of Ethiopia. Here is a soul-thrilling, heart-warming record, full not only of human interest, but full of divine, eternal import. God reveals that blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, or they shall be filled. And here in the past yesterdays, a hungry, thirsty soul, seeking the eternal bread of life and the water of life, Jesus, found him. And according to verse 39, he, the eunuch, went on his way rejoicing. Tradition tells us that he went back to Ethiopia a new creation in Christ Jesus won the queen of Ethiopia to Christ, baptizing her in water. Without attempting to outline these blessed verses, may we, as time permits, 
study verse by verse with a prayer that the Holy Spirit will enlighten our eyes to behold not only the great love of Christ, but the compassion of Christ for lost souls. For, beloved, listen, he is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Let's begin at verse 26 of the 8th chapter of the book of Acts, just as time permits. Philip the Evangelist, according to the opening verse of chapter 8, had been in Samaria holding forth a wonderful, God-honoring, God-blessed evangelistic meeting. He preached Christ. He preached the Word. Two different words for preach. He heralded Christ, and then through preaching of the Word, he offered eternal life on the basis of unmerited favor by grace, not of works, lest any man should boast. And according to verse 8, as a result of that twofold preaching, there was great joy in that city. Souls were born again, sins forgiven, hearts washed and loosed from their sins by the precious blood of Christ. Now, according to verse 26, the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise and go towards the south unto a way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. The angel of the Lord appeared to Philip, giving him explicit instructions. Now God in ages past spoke to men at sundry times and in divers manners, but now speaks to men through his written word, revealing Christ the living word, risen, glorified, ever interceding for us. And this angel said to Philip, Arise and go towards the south. That is, take thy journey, Philip, by the south road, as far as the road goes from Jerusalem to Gaza, where the country is desert. In other words, in the desert of the eastern part of Judea. Philip did not question. He might have thought it rather strange to leave such blessed services at Samaria, a citywide revival was on, and now to leave it in the midst of such marvelous blessings, to go down to a desert place, and there follow the instruction. Now notice verse 27 and verse 28, how quickly he was obedient to the directions of the angel of the Lord. And he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia an eunuch of great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all her treasures, had come to Jerusalem for a worship. He arose and went. And in chapters 6 and 8, we learn, first of all, that Philip was a man of good report, full of faith, filled with the Holy Spirit. And here we find him in blessed obedience not wanting his own way, but the Lord's will, not I, but Christ. And there in the desert section of eastern Judea, Philip meets a man of Ethiopia. Three things are stated in regard to this Ethiopian. Listen carefully. A man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under the queen, the overlord, or over all of her treasures. First, the man of Ethiopia. Let's take this statement at its face value, not speculate. 
This means the son of Africa, of the race of Ham, from the land of Ethiopia. A eunuch of great authority under the queen, history reveals that at least three centuries before Christ, Greek literature and thought had been widespread even beyond the borders of Central Africa, and that a highly civilized culture was attained during the reign of the various queens, all having the general name of Candace. The word Candace is similar in meaning to Pharaoh, many Pharaohs, many Caesars, overall a treasure, a man of high intelligence, trustworthy, an executive in a high political position in Ethiopia. He was a guardian of the gold and the silver and the precious stones in a country rich in such valuable minerals. And then notice in verse 28, we find these words. He was returning and sitting in his chariot, read Isaiah the prophet. He was returning. He had been in Jerusalem. And Jerusalem was then known as the center of religious worship. Its fame had spread abroad. No doubt in Jerusalem, he went to the Hebrew center of worship, the beautiful temple. No doubt, he had contacted the Hebrew priesthood, and on his return, had in his possession at least a copy of Isaiah, a portion of the Old Testament scriptures, Isaiah held in high respect by the religious leaders, the Pharisees of that day. What had he found in Jerusalem with all the ritual ceremony and forms of worship of that day? Well, a little bit later, we shall learn in some of the Ethiopian statements, statements which echo great discontent with everything he had found in Jerusalem. He went away from that city hungry, receiving stone instead of bread. Now he, the Ethiopian eunuch, is on his way back to his native land, a man heart-hungry, not finding what his heart longed for. But note, please, he was sitting in his chariot in a desert place alone, and the precious word reveals one of the finest little slants He was reading the Word of God, and especially from Isaiah the prophet. And now the Holy Spirit speaks to Philip in verses 29 and 30. Then the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to this chariot. Now note how eager Philip was to win a soul to Christ. Philip ran thither to him, and heard him read. It was the practice of the day in reading the Holy Writ to read aloud. And heard him read the prophet Isaiah. Now will you note, oh, this is so important. Understandest thou what thou readest? The Holy Spirit speaks to Philip. And in the background, I want you to see the marvelous workings of God. A hungry heart. He had met the best religiously that the world could offer. 
He had seen the colorful ceremonies at Jerusalem. He had seen the priests robed in all of their regal splendor with their purple and scarlet. But his heart was left cold, desiring, wanting that greater satisfaction of knowing God. He was reading about or reading aloud from Isaiah, especially the 53rd chapter in a desert place, alone with God. And now, on the other hand, God has a prepared servant ready to speak to a prepared heart. And Philip, full of the Holy Spirit, a man of faith with a passion for souls, joins him. And so eager is Philip to be obedient to the Lord, to win a soul for Jesus. He ran to him and he asked him a very pointed question. Understandest thou what thou readest? That is, do you perceive, know by personal experience what you're reading? Philip is saying to the Ethiopian eunuch, have you come to a place of knowing, really receiving the light and resting upon the foundation of faith? As faith begun to do its powerful work, note the Ethiopian's reply, and will you underline one word? In verse 31, and he said, How can I, except some man should guide me? Underline that little word, guide. This is a marvelous word. It's a word with a very deep, far-reaching meaning. This word has reference to that which is authoritative teaching, the finality of teaching. When our Lord was here upon earth speaking to the Pharisees, the religious authoritative teachers of that day for Israel, twice in the 23rd of Matthew, speaking the eight woes against the Pharisees, those damnable hypocrites, twice he said, you are blind guides. That is, you are authoritative in your teaching, but you are blind guides, blind leaders of the blind. What light you have, he's saying to them, is darkness. And if the light in thee be darkness, great is that darkness. Be careful from what authority you receive teaching concerning spiritual things. And so the Ethiopian said, I need someone who knows, someone who can speak with authority to guide me, someone who has found that for which my soul longs. Again, that word guide means this, lead me, Philip, in the way everlasting, says the Ethiopian. Lead me in the way. And Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man cometh unto the Father except by and through Him. And in the providence of God, the Ethiopian was reading in Isaiah 53. Now notice it. 
the place of the Scripture, verse 32, which he read was this, He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, like a lamb dumb before his shears, so opened he not his mouth. In his humiliation, his judgment was taken away, and who shall declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee, of whom speaketh the prophet this, of himself or of some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scriptures, and blessed be God, he preached unto him Jesus. That's what we need. Reading in the 53rd of Isaiah, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And yet the Ethiopian eunuch was saying, Philip, lead me in the way. Guide me. I have gone astray. And how that beautiful verse 6 of Isaiah 53 begins with all and ends with all. All we like sheep have gone astray and ends with this. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. Brother, listen. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God and you're included in that all. Salvation is the gift of divine mercy to all who are guilty. You are included. You are in great need before God unless you're born again. Unless the Lord hath laid on him your iniquity and mine iniquity. And if he has laid all our iniquity on him, then sin is not on you. Therefore, there is now no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. He bore our sins in his own body on the tree. And God hath laid upon Jesus, the beloved Son, all our iniquity. And if we come as little children, childlike, trust him, receive him, he becomes our sin bearer. The Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. And Jesus said, Now, to as many as receive him, to those that receive him, God gives the power to become the sons of God, even to those that believe on his name. Jesus is the true guide, the one who speaks with final authority. He alone has the words of eternal life. And I'm thankful back then, the dawn of church history, that Philip, a keen businessman that he was, according to the sixth chapter of Acts, converted, full of the Holy Spirit, preached Jesus, saying to him, He is the way. Will you let him today on the old-fashioned revival hour wash you, loose you from your sins, and come and kneel at his feet by faith? And say to the Father, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Save me for Christ's sake, for whosoever will may come. And God is not willing that you should perish, but come to repentance. Let's bow in prayer and be quiet before him. You've gone your own way. All we like sheep have gone astray. You've had your own way long enough that's led you down the dark alley of sin and misery and woe. 
no peace. Jesus says, come now, all you labor and heavy laden, and I'll give you a rest. Being justified by faith to have peace with God, whosoever will, may come, and he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. Out in the radio audience, across the nations of earth, under the ruthless, godless rule of the godless rulers, Look up into God's face through Christ and say, Lord, be merciful. I come the blood-sprinkled way, the one and only way of approach. Receive me. Him that cometh, God, will no wise cast out. And while our heads are bowed in prayer in this splendid, visible audience in Long Beach, how many will quickly put their hands up and say, Brother Fuller, I need Christ. I want to receive him today. Put your hand up and say, pray for me. God bless you, too, down here on the front row. God bless you, sailor lad. God bless you back, another sailor lad. God bless you, my boy. Hands going up. God bless you. Hands going up all over this auditorium here. Continue in prayer as we leave the air. Everyone quiet before him. This is Charles E. Fuller bidding you goodbye and God's richest blessing upon you. Are you currently serving the Lord? Are you willing to answer a call to serve Him? Interesting questions, to be sure. But these were the questions Dr. Fuller presented to you today. And more important than these questions is whether you really know the Lord and committed your life for His service. If you responded to Dr. Fuller's message and made a commitment to Jesus Christ, we have materials to send to you that will help you in taking that next step in your new life with Jesus Christ. On the other hand, if you are still undecided about making a commitment at this time, we also have materials that can be helpful to you in working through this important decision. But don't put it off. Neither man nor woman knows the time of their departure from this life. And there is no second chance after you die. Contact us and we'll send either package to you without any cost or obligation. You can reach us by telephone on a toll-free number 1-800-977-6374 or you can address a letter or postcard to Old Fashioned Revival Hour 700 Locust Street Pasadena, California 91101 If you're using email you can contact us at mail spelled M-A-I-L at O-F-R-H dot com If you'd like to have a copy of today's message Philip and the Ethiopian. It's available on CD or audio cassette tape. There is no cost or obligation. You can find more information on the Old Fashioned Revival Hour by visiting our website at OFRH.com. Once again, OFRH.com. On our website, you'll find information on the Charles and Grace Fuller Library, which documents the history of the Old Fashioned Revival Hour and it is located on the Fuller Seminary campus in Pasadena, California. It is open daily to the public. We also have a bi-monthly newsletter, Heart to Heart, that contains current news on the Old Fashioned Revival Hour and historical information as well. It will be sent to you free of charge upon request. 
We also have a media resource catalog which lists many of Dr. Fuller's best sermons and over 40 albums of gospel music from the broadcast that is available to purchase. When you request a free copy of our catalog, we'll include an introductory CD or cassette tape which has samples of the gospel music you hear on the Old Fashioned Revival Hour. There is no charge or obligation. We'd like you to know that the staff of the Old Fashioned Revival Hour enjoys hearing from listeners like yourself. It encourages us to know that you are listening and enjoying the Old Fashioned Revival Hour. Call us on our toll-free number or drop us a card or letter and let us know you're listening to the program. If you have memories or stories of the Old Fashioned Revival Hour from years past, we'd love to hear from you and possibly share your story with other listeners and readers of our Heart to Heart newsletter. In closing, I'll give you our address one more time. On a toll-free phone number, 1-800-977-6374. Or by mail, Old Fashioned Revival Hour, 700 Locust Street, Pasadena, California, 91101. And our email address is mail, M-A-I-L, at O-F-R-H dot com. Friends, with all the events taking place in the Far East and Middle East, can Jesus' return be far off? We are called to spread the good news of Jesus Christ and the message that only through Him can someone have eternal life. We believe that is why God is blessing this renewed broadcast of the Old Fashioned Revival Hour with its unique gospel music and Dr. Fuller's biblical preaching. The Old Fashioned Revival Hour is now being heard on more than 110 radio stations scattered across the United States and to the rest of the world by Internet and shortwave radio. We humbly ask you to keep us in your prayers and support if possible as we continue to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ until he returns. This Old Fashioned Revival Hour broadcast was produced by Christian Heritage Ministry on the campus of Fuller Seminary in Pasadena, California. And this is your host, Kurt Roberts, wishing you God's richest blessings until next week when we return with another edition of the Old Fashioned Revival Hour.